Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc, and the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. happening <laughs> I see a lot of buffalo plaid I'm freaking out that was really smooth I thought I what is happening I'm officially Canadian well welcome to the club I've joined your clan don't you just love it welcome to the great side oh it was a blast I got you this backpack wait that's mine it's full of Canadian shit <laughs> here you go I got a whole... Can I open it? Oh, yeah, please. I figure now that we finally have a video uh, element to this, it's less annoying it's for people. It's been two years, and people have never been able to watch me open anything. And somehow they still deal with all our gift exchanges. I don't know how or why. Uh, well, we're going to find out. I want to adjust this so everyone can see my, my face the right way. All right. The best see. version of my reaction. I hope I remember what the hell I put in there. 
I do want to say there's nothing I love more that I call I'm sure I've said it on the show before, but I have a specific um aesthetic that I like to call nature cozy and pretty much if it if there's buffalo plaid at all, it fits. Oh yeah, the number of times I told Blaze everything was nature cozy. <laughs> And uh, he caught on to the fact that Eve and I invented funeral chic when we were in New Orleans. Love funeral chic, by the way. A combo of the two is just bananas. It's just like dead in a cabin. That's <laughs> funeral chic and nature That's cozy mixed together. That's actually one of my stories, I feel like. Oh, wait. Good. Oh, wait. Okay. So here we go. Okay. I already appreciate this backpack. I'll wear it everywhere. So just open it up. I don't know. Yeah, this backpack says Canada on it, too. Does it? Yeah. So, I mean, I figure it was pretty on yes. brand. And it, well, how nature cozy is this? Not to sound like Ida Garden, but it's printed on leather. It is. So that makes it extra nature cozy. Um, yes. Yeah, so it is a buffalo. For those listening who <laughs> just want to kill us right now, this is a buffalo plaid backpack. Entirely. There's not like, not like a, like a, like a smattering of <laughs> buffalo plaid. The whole thing is a big fucking checkerboard. Next, I see a little moose. Oh, yeah. He's a Nova oh, Scotian moose. And it's okay. So it's a little moose. It's got a another checkerboard <laughs> buffalo plaid bandana. Mm. Love it. Um, I already I already love everything about it. And one of his antlers says Halifax, Nova Scotia, which one is where Christine was, and two, most importantly, I have the reason I'm in love with Canada, and I don't want to explain the reason why, but I'm going to because otherwise people are going to ask. There was a video a long time ago on YouTube when I was 12, and I thought it was hysterical. And it was all about Halifax. And I watched it every day for my entire 12-year-old life. And that was when I decided I was going to move to Canada one day. And before you judge, we all watched that video of someone saying Badger 40,000 times. And that got a million views. So I I was really into the video. And I, I wish I could remember the... It was the same people who did that um, viral video when we were in high school called Power Thirst. They did... Um, it's called Halifax. That video made me fall in love with canada so i really don't like the reasoning behind it but it i, I still love the reason <laughs> but so anyway random. the fact that the antler says halifax on it is just like a little stamp of approval that i've made full circle here yes i went pretty wild in all the here i'll hold it okay yeah, yeah yeah next i already see what i love right my canadian ruffles oh yeah the all dressed which the canadians hate that americans say this it does taste like barbecue to me it does but it's really tasty. I'm going to eat the hell out we'll of it. We'll love barbecue. Apparently, it's like red pepper and, and onion, and it's got a whole bunch of things going on. They also have ketchup flavor, but I, I was I was The all dressed is the Canadian way. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for that. I'm going to eat so those welcome. not so on the show so people don't complain. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. There's so much stuff. There's, I'm sorry. There's a lot of shit. <gasps> oh, what is going on? Oh, oh, my God. Do you know about this? No. Holy crap. I was like, I wonder if M knows about the titanic i know about the titanic in halifax That's oh no where all the victims of the titanic are buried <gasps> you didn't know this either no. lace and i were like why are they so obsessed with the titanic and then we went on a ghost tour obviously and they were like oh yeah all of the victims it was the closest port so they were all brought here some get of them, out some of them like were buried at sea some of them were brought back home to wherever they were from and a lot of them the remainder were all buried in cemeteries in halifax get out of here and so this is anyway it's a titanic times in the halifax or the times of halifax which also they had an explosion it was the largest man-made explosion before hiroshima oh wait that was in the halifax video on youtube so they talk <laughs> about that but not the titanic uh, probably so but yeah so two thousand people died it was insane so is this like a copy of the paper from like that the day? day yeah the day it wow happened. it does the, it's the times of halifax and then the um the headline 
is Titanic sinks four hours after hitting iceberg. It was like the closest to Halifax. Isn't that wild? I had no idea. Wow. And also kind of, I mean, fucked up slash ingenious marketing to keep selling this. Yeah. Because I absolutely would want one. They seem pretty popular. They were low on stock. So uh, (laughs) I bought one, obviously. There's a lot of fucked up people out there. I'm included. You're included. Thank you for spending your money on that. I'll enjoy it forever. (laughs) What's next? This little box that says... Oh, that's a... Oh, it's from Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Been There series. Oh, yeah. Open Across the Globe Collection Ornament. It's super cute. It's a little baby Canada mug. Oh, you know I love things that are proportionally not accurate. You know, I was going to buy the real big mug, and I was like, no, this one's cute because you can just hang it wherever. You don't need to feel like you're lugging around. It's got little mousse, and it's got got syrup on it. It's got mittens. It's got hockey stuff. It's got... It's got uh, poutine on it. It's got a oh, it does, and it's got a a little beanie and a ski mask and a, a Mounties hat. Yeah, aren't, uh, yeah. I thought it was just kind of cute. I was like, I have to. I mean, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna do a lot of shots of chocolate milk out of this bad boy. Some espresso for but... the people watching on YouTube. This is how tiny it is. I feel like the Hulk when I carry it. <laughs> That's another reason why I'm in love. <laughs> I can't ask for more, except I can, and it's probably in this bag. Oh God, there's so much in there. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have you hold that. Yep. Guys, uh, this is truly, this is like... And then I found the backpack and I went, hell yeah, just put it all in. <laughs> uh, loving this. Is this an eyeglass pouch? Oh, that's definitely from the Canadian dollar store. I had to buy some stuff at the Canadian dollar store. Why wouldn't you? This was the, I think one of the, about two things. That was one of them. It's just an eyeglasses case. I just thought it was funny. Oh, no, I'm going to put my glasses in this. Perfect. For sure. I didn't know if you hid something in here. You know, I should have, but I didn't. That was my last stop. So those are. The- I love that you went to a dollar store. Although, is it USD or is it Canada dollars? No, Canada dollars. All right, good to know. So that was what? Oh, on the outside, on the so on the outside of this backpack, I learned is big buffalo plaid, and on the inside is little buffalo plaid. I did not know that. Look at that you, double entendre, if you will. Definitely what that word means. Exactly. Here are coast. Oh, these are fun plaid coasters. So that's the Nova Scotian plaid specifically. Stop it. Do you know what Nova Scotia means? New Scot. New Scotland. But oh, yes, all right. <laughs> Took and a guess. Latin for New Scotland, and so um, they are really into plaid. I'm... Because of Scotland. Listen, And that's pristine. a local... And those are coasters, but they're pristine. the local Nova Scotian plaid. I'm sweating. I, <laughs> this is really... I'm also sweating because I put on this Canadian sweatshirt, and it's hot I saw you hell. come in here with a sweatshirt, and I was like, you're going to... That's a rookie mistake. So they're, they have this brand there called Roots, which I'm sure all you Canadians are like, duh... But, like, we don't really have this here. And apparently I looked it up and they're opening, like, three stores in L.A. So I was like, I better get in on the ground floor. Oh, my God. Before Gotta this go. Is, like, a hit. But so Can then... I be weird and touch your boobs area? Because that's fuzzy Wouldn't looking. would be the first time. Yeah, touch it. It's oh, a that's little, nice. It's a little beaver. He's just, like, a little felty <laughs> beaver. Yep. Touch my beaver. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it. I wasn't going to say it. I felt you feel it. So I thought I'd throw it out there. Just announce that I before touched your, the beaver on your boobs. Every, everyone on YouTube comments. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I appreciate the shit out of these. They're a very lovely plaid. Is this like the That's trademarked the... Nova Scotia plaid? Yes, that is there. So like Montreal has a different plaid. Get this out of is here. the Nova Scotian plaid. I'm going to be that weird grandpa one day that just collects plaid swatches. Oh, please. I almost bought you because we were at the airport in Montreal and Toronto. And I was like, what if I bought Do they all have their plaid? own trademarks? Yes, man. Get the fuck out of here. I know. I was losing it. Well, now I found something I'm going to start collecting and everyone's going to hate me for it. I'm glad I started. I'm going to love it because it feels like it's an easy gift. Easy. Thank you. <laughs> And next, um, I see more buffalo plaid. Are these just napkins? Oh, those are just fun napkins with a moose. I, I love it. Is this the I dollar store? Was no, this... that was actually the, the touristy store. Oh, there. I'm down. It's, so there's a, a white silhouette of a moose and in cursive, uh, it says Canada on buffalo plaid I just napkins. Figured, I don't know. Well, what's interesting, actually, is that these come in perfect timing because 
Um, my birthday this year, Christine surprised me with my lumberjack nature cozy birthday party where I took home all of the Buffalo plaid napkins. And last week I finished out that pack of napkins and now I have more Buffalo plaid napkins. You now. literally mentioned that. And subconsciously, I think I remembered because I was like, M needs napkins. And I was like, why the <laughs> fuck would M need napkins? I need plain paper I'm, napkins. I'm the messy one in this relationship. Um, I see some chocolate coins. I oh, have... those are loonies. Those are chocolate loonies. Chocolate those are loonies. the other dollar store purchase. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what that is. A loony. <gasps> Oh, M, gosh, you have so much to learn. Okay, a loony is their dollar. Oh, and a two really? and a toonie is their two dollars. So coin a loony toonie. Uh huh. You've got to be kidding I'm me. I'm not. So is their dollar store called a loony store? <laughs> no, but it should be. It certainly should be, and they should have Bugs Bunny just selling these. It was called a dollarama, but Good I enough. saw chocolate loonies, and I actually brought you a loony and a toonie, but. They're downstairs somewhere. Oh, I love a good loony and a toonie. I had to do it. So those how are... did I not? Uh, as someone who loves things that rhyme and cartoons and, and Canada, and also claims that they are a local of Halifax. I'm I'm such a local. I don't even have to know the culture, you know. But so yeah, you don't used to like touristy stuff. Yeah, I stay away from the from the touristy you don't need stuff. To know about Titanic. And Ignore my giant bag of touristy stuff. Looney right in my lap. And here it is. Oh yeah, there it is. I knew one I was coming my fits... way. Oh, I did not know this. Oh, wait, there's more stuff in here. Oh, there is. There's Holy another shit, pocket. Christine. Okay, well, in the last big part of it, there is a sweatshirt that looks like something I'm going to wear for the rest of my life <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> I see I see patches of buffalo plaid everywhere. Um, it's a zip-up. It says Halifax, Nova Scotia. There's a nice little trimming on the bottom. Look, we can match. Look at my trimming. Stop it. I wait, know. it literally is the we same trimming. trimming. Where is this from the same store? No. Oh. This is from the root store. That's weird because it's literally the same trimming. I know. I think Maybe they it's just, a Canada I thing. think they just like that there. I will be. I'm. I'm I not going to wear it now because it's so fucking hot. I walked around with it with two different sizes, trying them on, and I, which size did you get? Oh yeah, it'll fit. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're good. A quadruple. And if it doesn't XL. fit, I'll fucking make it work. <laughs> <laughs> an it's actually an an eight X double XS. All right. Thank you for. By the way, I have not thanked you nearly no, enough. No. Oh my gosh. I'm just. I'm glad that I'm just blacking out. Actually. So now this is the front pocket. There's a little jug of maple syrup. I had to get the local. Maple Which syrup. I'm out of Canadian maple syrup. You Canadians, by the way, I know you're like stereotypically nice, but you guys really are bananas nice. When we had my uh, my show, by the way, in Canada, not <laughs> our show. You were in the pajamas. Listen, body. We suit. know who was steamrolling who on that stage, and it was me. I was silent. Uh. When we had the show that Christine like guest starred on in <laughs> in Canada, so many of you brought me Canadian syrup, and I have blown through all also, of it. Also, Canadians are so nice with gifts. Like you guys mail us gifts, and I'm like, these are international. Like it's expensive, but you somehow mail us syrup all the time. So you we have a lot of syrup. keep it coming because wow, do I fucking love your syrup. All yeah. right, next up is something I've never seen in my life. So that's a local candy too, a Canadian candy. It's called Eat More. So I looked up uh, the most popular candy in most common like canadian most canadian candies sure and um a lot of them were like from cadbury or like british companies but this right. is one of them i've never seen this ever uh dark toffee peanut chew sounds right up my alley i don't know i was just at the groceries these are from why were you in so many random convenience stores because in canada blaze had a conference and i was in seven i went to seven four tourist stores and three like a grocery store for the chips and the candy on Christine's anniversary, by the way. Oh, yeah. She, it was all, this was on her wedding day. <laughs> A I'm dollar gonna, store. I'm going to consider this your annual thank you for literally marrying you and Blaze. literally texted me, like, this better become a tradition. And I was like, God. Every year I would like something as my thank you for making it ha- all like, possible. Thank God it's only the paper anniversary this year because the diamond one's going to be a riot. I would like a diamond the size of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you, you said I would like a diamond the size of Canada or 
Or a diamond in the shape of Canada or something like or that. Or Canada the size of... I don't know what the fuck he said. It didn't make any <laughs> sense, but I loved it. Uh, this is uh, something from Jennifer's of Nova Scotia. Yeah, that's another store I went to. Is I that a, a common thing? What I is it? I what don't know. This? It was just like a local handmade store. Okay, calm down. In Halifax. Where are we going with this? This is the first thing I bought. I don't even remember anymore. Oh, oh yeah. it's a little ornament. With the Nova Scotian plaid, but read the little thing. It makes it's, there's sense. a little... So it's a little uh, Nova Scotia plaid stocking ornament. And there's a little bear in there. He looks way, way happy. Way cozy. Nature cozy. Nature cozy. And uh, the sign says, I am a Nova Scotia bear here to bring you lots of cheer to wish you well in all you do so happiness will follow you. Listen, you're from Canada. You're going to do nothing but good wishes for me. But I love the, the reminder. Thank you. This little bear is so sweet. I know you don't need like a million ornaments, but... I'll find a reason for them. Allison's going to hate me. And I don't care. No, she's going to hate me. <laughs> Duh. You got me two mugs for my birthday after we vowed to never buy each other a mug ever again. We have so. Both of our partners have made it very clear we're not allowed very. to buy another mug ever again. Very Same with Eva. Clear. And yet all three of us always come home with new mugs. Whoops. Listen, I bought a mini one. That doesn't count. Okay, I'm just grabbing all these at one point at one time, but I'm just going to look at them individually. Okay, so, right, right, here so we go. this... Oh, it's a, oh, perfect. It's just like it's a, a little decal of Halifax, which will be on my car today. I figured like laptop, car, whatever you want. Car. car. If you want to know what my car looks like, it'll have this on the bumper. People seem to find your car because it literally has the most M shit on it. Yeah. A lot of people have literally found my car and taken pictures of it and then DM me on Instagram saying, I found your car. That means you're nearby, right? And, and it's terrifying. Posted your license plate on the internet. LOL. Um, a little luggage decal, which will be going on my suitcase. Uh, that is the Canadian flag. Mm-hmm. I thank you. I love a good box of Smarties. Uh, yeah, that was, these are AKA the... Canadian, uh, slash European M&Ms. Mm-hmm. Better M&Ms, dare I say. I love Arrow. So these are the most, like, this is like Canadian the, the... candies I saw on a list. Arrow is some good-ass chocolate, and it's got the popping sensation. I love a good Arrow. I love a good Arrow. Now, this is something that I found in a store in, not in Halifax, it was in, um... Oh gosh, we're at Mahone Bay, and there was this uh, little ribbon, and um, I was still pretty bitter that I haven't been verified on Instagram, and you have, <laughs> so I bought you this ribbon. It says, most likes on Instagram, hashtag no filter. It felt like I was being followed around by my shame. <laughs> and so I, Your Canadian shame. I couldn't it was, escape it. It was just me, like my Canadian spirit just following you around being like, Truly. I am verified, and you're in Canada, Truly. and I hate you. Yes, and I, I literally kept checking because I had, I had requested it a few days before I left. Oh, by the way, in case you guys are wondering, I got rejected for it like five days after M got approved. <laughs> and so nobody seems to... A lot of people have been saying, why isn't Christine... It's not because we're not trying. It's not... And then they're like, Christine, you have to request it. I was like, oh, what a novel idea. <laughs> like, I got the podcast verified, but I can't get myself verified. No, you just gotta you just gotta be cute, Christine. That's the problem. You, anyway. You haven't succeeded in that part I can't yet. do it. It's too much work so here well we are. thank you for all of this <laughs> i am at a loss of words I, I was like i know there's a lot of things you probably don't need more of but i figure at least i did i actually the napkins and the coasters i, I needed all of it and i'm sure blaze was like how what this is what happens when i leave you alone in your best friend's favorite country Correct. on our anniversary Correct. to go to a conference yes i'm glad that i was on the forefront of your mind on your he wedding was day. learning how to intubate people which by the way i had to learn about over dinner so that that was my punishment for all of this <laughs> was that i had to learn how to put tubes down your punishment you really did Ugh. your punishment was a gift to me this is 
just bananas. Yeah, we had I to love bring, this little moosey. I brought an empty suitcase for the very purpose of buying presents. So here that we makes go. me happy. I it's like you're on tour all over again. <laughs> it is when we uh, when we were on tour, Christine would always bring an empty suitcase because we would get so many wonderful, wonderful gifts from people, and everyone would be like, "Emma and Emma would." I was gonna say Eva, but it was just Em being like. How many bags do you need? And I'm like, this one's literally empty because I'm the one who has to bring everything home and nobody else will help me. But this is I mean, what happens when we uh, decided on day one that your house would have the studio in that's it. That's true. That was All my fault. Sudden, you every- have to drive down. That's your punishment. My punishment is to love. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, uh, I, also, I just get to bring home the Canadian stuff. We also do the gift videos here. So we really just... Uh, load up in this house of uh, stuff this is what happens when you when you get a house yeah, guys stay in an apartment stay and, in a small small space and you won't uh end up with extra suitcases of things it's true because you'll move in somewhere and you'll go oh this is so much space we can't fit it and to be fair all of our the things that we get one we're super grateful for but sometimes you get things like a haunted horse that brings in demons yeah that and would... that's why you should keep the apartment so that your co-host has to that's keep what it, the haunted that's horse what it is, because there's no house. reason em should have it I have an a spare closet that now has ghosts in it. So that's, that's the how truth. it works. That's the truth. You fill it. You have an empty house. You fill it with ghosts. It's just how logic and mathematics work. <laughs> My dad's an engineer. Trust I'm very me. jealous that Christine gets to like have all the candy and stuffed animals and cool books and paintings from everyone. But I would easily trade all of that for not having the And the hilarious the thing is, horse. every time Emily leaves, I'm like, hey, do you want... I was like, no, you hold on to it. It's already been tainted by mm-hmm. the environment here. Yeah, yeah. So um, when like, I I'll come out, here and look at it. And admire it, and then you house it with your demons. Mm-hmm. And then if I ever want it, I'll just come borrow it. That's like the idea. <laughs> and then never give That's it back. That's what you do with Geo. I'm like, I sit around like having to deal with <laughs> walking him every day, and then you come over to like play, and then leaves. It's like that's the why perfect. they call me Funkle M. It really works out for your favor. So one day you'll be Aunt Christine, and I'm gonna get such a punishment back. Karma's really gonna kick it's my gonna ass gonna that day. G- I'm gonna. It's gonna be a good. You're gonna ruin my fucking rip, dog. Roaring time. Anyway. Thank you for everyone watching and experiencing that. Yes. Anyway, so I just wanted to give you some Canadian cheer, but I had a great time in Canada. Thank you. It was cold um, for me. I mean, it was like in the 40s at certain points and raining, Um, but it was really lovely. And I feel like I finally got like fall, like it was beautiful and the fall leaves and everything. It was just a little chilly. wasn't totally I, I, prepared. I don't know what that means anymore. I forgot what chilly it, it, feels like. I packed for chilly, and then I showed up and realized I had not even a little bit packed for chilly. I was like, <laughs> why on earth did I think this would be enough layers? Well, it's like 80 degrees today, and I saw someone leave their apartment in a jacket because it's, it just has not even been that, quote, cold in so long. Like, we lived in Boston. Like, we understand what cold is. It's just yeah. like you lose it. You really do. I feel like I used to have tough skin. Like, I used to walk around. We were there during the blizzard in 2014. Yes. And I feel like I had really tough skin then. But if I were to go back there and experience it now, I would be such a little baby. Yeah, it's really sad how how quickly you lose it. But um, anyway, anyway. thank you for all of this. I'm surprised there was no fruit along. I don't even know what that is. Remember when I freaked out the first time I saw Canadian fruit by the foot? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't even look for that. Lost my mind. Fruit I along. expected that a little bit, but it's okay. I ate literally I like mean, two boxes of it. they don't have a foot it. there. They have a meter. Fruit by the meter. <laughs> that would be way more fun. They, uh, I remember when we went to Vancouver, I easily ate one to two to three boxes just, just oh, on boxes, principle because yes. it looked, I, and my brain told me it tasted better too. I am I a think mess. It probably does though. Anything in Canada um, in Canada is better. Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. What the not fuck was that? As if you are. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I wrote some things down that I have to say before we get started. Otherwise, I'll forget. Let's hear it. Um, okay. So, da da da. 
Oh, I wrote down, can I just tell you what Blaze got me for our anniversary? Because I thought it was nice. Yeah. Okay, so we had our anniversary in Canada because Blaze had a conference and I just followed him there. Um, and it was really nice. So it was technically our paper anniversary. We didn't know what to do with that. So um, he got me the vinyl of like our, the, our first dance song um, by Kit Moore, which was really sweet. And then, and then he got me. VIP tickets to this music festival called Innings Festival in Tempe, Arizona next year, where three of my favorite bands of all time are performing. I didn't even know about this. Death Cab for Cutie, Weezer, and Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Oh my god. You know I've been following around the country We've all year. literally been following Rainbow Kitten Surprise for some... It's insane. Not to gloss over how wonderful that gift is, but for people to understand... For some reason, <laughs> we must have the same booking manager I or think something. So. Because every single time every we've venue. gone to a venue, Rainbow Kitten Surprise was either just there like or just they're going to sign a poster. Or like they're going to be there the week after us. I just was like dying because I missed their whole fucking tour because we were on tour and I was like, God damn it. And so I missed their whole tour and I was so bummed about it. So Blaze found out they were doing this uh, festival. Festival, yes, thank you. And he bought like the like platinum tickets. And I was like, oh, my God, what does that mean? And it's, like, front row and all this stuff. And I was so excited. And I get to see Death Cab and Weezer and the Struts. And, oh, my gosh, that's going to be great anyway. When is that? Um, When is that? Do you know? I didn't mean to. I didn't March. Mean to... March, oh. March. 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 Cool. Um, yeah, I'm very excited anyway. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I like how for him, like, the paper years, like, tickets or paper. Yeah, tickets. <laughs> tickets. He's like, well, I try. He actually tried to order tickets. And they were like. Oh, yeah, you have to pay extra for hard copy tickets. That's weird how the world's changing. And they don't mail them until after the festival. So he's like, I just gave up and, like, printed it out instead. Here's paper. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, and then I got him, um, oh, a giant book of our wedding photos, which took me way too long to put together. And I can confirm. Every time I've seen Christine put together a scrapbook, God, she gets bananas nice. intense with it. I want every photo to be in it, but there's, like... 1100 photos so it's like this is never ending <laughs> so that was my fault and then um what else oh and then you already saw the other one it was like one of our wedding readings i had framed mm, yes the one lisa read so lisa literally never escapes our house no what a surprise <laughs> um anyway so it was really good and i was really happy and i wished you were there i missed you the whole time so instead i just went shopping trust me i wish i was in canada no i felt bad we didn't bring you but i think blaze probably wouldn't have you know been super on board for that part but he would have been fine he would have actually probably been way fine you but... really should have just i mean you were going without him inviting you you just jumped on That's... i should have done it too he wouldn't have been surprised by that addition no i would just shown up i would have been actually folded into that empty suitcase that you brought for me <laughs> that's true you would have said i'm i'm bringing it for m but he didn't have to know it's because i was there and then i just unwrap the buffalo plaid and there you are rolled I just... out I just pop out like a in a cake or something. It's the it's the Buffalo Plaid anniversary. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. Um, and also I wanted to add that I was just recently on Adam Ferrer's podcast where we talked about he and his wife are super great. Uh, we talked about true crime and ghosty things, and he's obsessed with forensic files, so we had that in common. And he's friends with Lisa, so we talked about how his friend, uh, who's another host on the show, has like a ghost who stands over his bed at night. Perfect. So we talked about that. It's really Perfect. spooky, but it's called the Adam Ferrar podcast. And um, I'm, I was on that. And then real quick, I just wanted to add that Discover Pods is seeking nominations for their 2019 podcast awards. They have a kids and family podcast section. Last year, CK, Classic Kevin's show, Mertz and Monsters, got to the finalist section. Oh. But didn't win. So I'm hoping maybe we can get him further this year. Voting ends like this Tuesday when this comes out. 
Okay, so I already voted, but I urge you guys to go vote because it's such a good show and he's such a good friend of ours and it would be just so awesome to get him further than the finals this year. And that is at awards.discoverpods.com. Boom. Boom. Uh, sorry. Help out CK. Help out CK because he helps us out so much and does all our bonus shows on Patreon and like has just been a listener since like episode one probably. Truly. Like really one of our first listeners ever where we were like, do you know this person? No. <laughs> nope. Do you? No. Nope. So anyway, one day he just followed both of us on Twitter and we didn't know what was going on. He's like, love your show. And we're like, who are you? <laughs> your best friend and your worst nightmare. And you just <laughs> don't even know it. And yet. he touched the chair. Remember the haunted chair? Oh, and he's around. To That's talk. why we have to stay on his good side in case he exactly. gets possessed or something. He carries a curse. Well, is that all? That's it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like just vo- no. word vomit once I, again. For the next like month, don't get to complain about anything with all these <laughs> gifts in front of me. Um, let's see. What to talk about today? Oh, yeah, my notes. Okay. Mm. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So uh, this is a fun story that someone recommended to me. Damn it, I forgot to write it down actually hang on a second maybe i have it in my backpack 
I thought you meant the Canada backpack. I was like, how could you possibly have it in the buffalo plaid? No. Oh, my God. Hang on a sec. You know what? Em's just going to tell me. I'll put it on the oh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. Well, because I wrote it down, and then it and it doesn't matter. Oh, Em. Okay, well, I'll just have Eva Someone it. recommended it on Twitter. Tell and... Eva to put it in the show notes. I'll put it on the YouTube. Okay, Eva. I'm texting you in the next 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, so this is a... Uh, story that's actually close to where I went to school. Um, for those who don't know, I went to school in a town of Virginia called Newport News. Just look at Em's car. You'll find out. <laughs> you will. Well, that's how a lot of people have found me. Um, actually, wait. And now I have a thing that I want to say now that you've mentioned that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made two friends this week. Oh. And I've already hung out with them twice. What's that like? I, it's new. Um, but I've met, I've hung out with both of them um, for several hours at a time, both times, and we never, like, lost conversation, and we've, like, what? really bonded, because I was driving through L.A., I won't say where, but I was driving through L.A., and I... Oh, I saw your foot post. Yeah, and I, and someone, I went to a school called CNU, if you are not from Virginia, you probably don't know what that school is, it's fine, um, but... I was driving by and there was this car parked on the side of the street that had like four different like CNU decals on it. And I like halted my car and I had to pull over to be like, what is going on? I've never seen another person from CNU out here. And had he still had his uh, decal from when he uh, was a student there. And so it showed the year that that like decal was valid for parking. And it said oh. class of 2014. And I was like, I'm class of 2014. And this school is not large. Like I was like, if I don't know him, I at least know 20 people who know him. So I wrote a note and left it on his windshield saying, like, let's be friends. And then I left my Instagram handle. <laughs> Very... To be like, I'm verified. Are you? <laughs> no, so he could reach out to me without me giving him my number. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ends up reaching out a couple hours later. And that night we hung out. And Whoa. he was like, oh, I'll bring my girlfriend. She also went to CNU and is from our year. Whoa. And I found them on Facebook. And before I even met them, I, like, was creeping on them. And found out that we had, like, 60 mutual friends. 60? 60. Holy. And, uh... What are the odds of that? Very, and very And that you don't slim. know them. Yeah, I didn't know them, but we knew so That's many people bizarre. in between us. And I found out that we actually... We were in some of the same classes together. We went to the same restaurants all the time on the same days together. That's bizarre. Like, we were definitely in rooms together and, and never met. <gasps> and, um... But yeah, so it's very weird. It's still a new friendship. So I'm afraid, I've, like, as I'm manifesting this into the world, they're going to ghost me tonight. But <laughs> so far, so good. And we've, like, had really good hangouts. And I've got two new friends. All because uh, of some CNU decals on a car. Now I have two new friends. So, so don't make fun of my decals. Maybe it'll get me somewhere. Does someone want to be my friend? No, not even me. <laughs> I'm just stuck at this point. Earlier, and we pay I, Eva to be I your friend. I was talking about something and I was like, yeah, oh God, I was so nervous. And you were like, yeah, for someone without social anxiety. And I was like, <laughs> well, it's okay. no wonder I have no fucking friends. No, no, no. We were talking about something where like anyone with social anxiety would have probably hadn't had, would have been nervous in that situation. And I don't suffer from social anxiety. And I remember telling you as someone without social anxiety, I was freaked out. So you definitely oh, would have been freaked out. I stopped out. hearing you after that first <laughs> You just uh, decided caveat. it wasn't attack. I went, what? <laughs> I just went, I don't understand what that means, but okay, sure. No, I was saying anyone would be uncomfortable in that scenario. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you're verified. Maybe that's why. That's exactly it, actually. I, I called Instagram since I don't have social anxiety. Christine 2020. <laughs> uh, no, I did not call Instagram. Nobody asked me what their number is. Um, okay, so yeah, actually ask me because I'll give you a I'll give you like a random I'll give you M's number and be like here call Instagram. Don't you dare give anyone my number. <laughs> so uh, anyways, so back to CNU slash Newport News Virginia 
it's in the it's in the Hampton Roads area where if if you are from Virginia you already knew that. Um but it's near Virginia Beach. And so this person on Twitter reached out and said, "Hey, there's this um urban legend of um a witch in Virginia <gasps> Beach. So can you cover that?" So I said, "Of course I can." Yeah. So, this is the story of the Witch of Pungo. 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 It's now Virginia Beach, but it used to be called Pungo. Fun Ooh, they fact. They should never have changed that. Never ever. No. Love the sound of it. That's a good one. So it's, like I said, it's now Virginia Beach, but fun fact, it used to be called Pungo, also be called Princess Anne County, which is interesting because I, as someone who grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia, our ma- one of our main streets that everyone knows is called Princess Anne. So it, it was oh. just kind of a little nod where I was like, oh, I've, I've heard, I've heard that before. Okay. Um, also, there's another uh, fun fact about Fredericksburg coming up. Um, I can't at wait. the end of the story. It's only fun for me and anyone who lives like oh. within 30 miles and of new Fredericksburg. Friend. And my new friend. Can Del- I know his name or no? His name's Ed. Ed. And his girlfriend's name is Haley. Ed and Haley. And both of them are wonderful. And they found out after hanging out with me that I had a podcast. And um, Haley was like, so I listened to one of the episodes. <gasps> and she meant it in a good way before anyone gets all up in arms. But she was like, I don't think I'm going to keep listening. <laughs> and she meant it in like, I want to get to know you organically, not find out about you through the show. Oh, my God. No. But Tell the- her to never meet with you until she catches the- up. Well, it's probably for the best. Can you imagine if you just became friends with me and then find out through another avenue that I was a fucking clown and a reverend and yes, all that? Yes, I can imagine because that's literally what happened to me. But thank you for <laughs> reminding the world of it. But so she she was like, I don't think I'm going to listen to it anymore because I feel like I learned a lot about you in that and like you weren't there to like help break down the context of it and i was like that's a fair argument and also the other girl was just shrieking the whole time and i just <laughs> i could feel her sweating I can't on can't get past it yeah i bet <laughs> so the witch of pungo it is set in the early 1700s in prince anne county slash pungo virginia which is now virginia beach um our main character uh her name is grace white sherwood mm. um she was alive from 1660 to 1740 and this story takes place where she's in her 40s she is believed to be a witch in Virginia, and this was around the same time as the Salem Witch Trials, but Virginia was much different than Salem during these times. Um, Virginia was much more conservative about claiming people were witches. They believed in, like, having some sort of, like, structure before just claiming someone oh, was a witch. That's nice. Yeah, what go to Virginia. Novel idea. So, in for example, in Virginia courts, the accuser, someone, like, saying, Christine's a witch, <laughs> I would need... Just, proof just by example just as an example like if i told you christine's a witch but she obviously sweaty, is sweaty witch um i would need in a virginia court to have proof before i they would even take it seriously fortunately you have plenty of that i look in this room there's so <laughs> many like pentagrams and spell books i literally have haunted dolls <laughs> you have a haunted horse hiding in your closet literally right now. once again funkle m strikes back <laughs> i can't win wait someone make a movie cover of that <laughs> and um, just me being defeated i don't know just on the ground <laughs> just you in the corner crying just on the ground um so i would need proof but all but in salem courts you the actually the person who was being accused of being a witch had to have proof of otherwise for it to be taken seriously okay well that's nice that's more than normal i feel like so like if in virginia i would have to have proof that you weren't a witch or that you were a witch in salem you would need proof that i was lying right right right, right so right. very different the systems defendant is suddenly not innocent until proven guilty. Yes, 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 yes. And also in Virginia, evidence is, quote, obtain. Oh, sorry. I did these notes a week ago, so excuse me while I'm trying to, like, 
act like I did this recently. <laughs> um, in Virginia, evidence, quote, obtained supernaturally was ignored, while in Salem, courts would convict based solely on it. So. Wow. Okay. They were like, if you, all you have is paranormal proof. Sure. That no one else can, like, confirm, then we can't do anything about it. Okay. They were kind of, like, using their brains for yeah, they, a Yeah, they were a little bit logical. Yeah. Fun fact. In Virginia alone, in the 17th century, there were 19 known witchcraft cases. Okay. But all but one of them ended in acquittal, and there were no executions for witchcraft oh, in Virginia. that's good. So a very different, a very different story it's than It's kind Seattle. of incredible how different it is. No I mean, killings. Really? Um, I say that, though, with a grain of salt, because even though there were no executions, there was, you'll find out. There was attempts. <laughs> it wasn't all good. Okay. So, but but at the end of the day, no one died from being accused of witchcraft. I don't know how good of a statement that is. I mean, it's better than what you can it's say It's better than there being death. Yeah. Um, so Grace, Grace Sherwood, she was born in the 1660s to John and Susan White in Virginia, probably in Pungo, because at the time people didn't really usually leave their county. Mm. Um, in 1680, Grace married a farmer slash planter named James and would help him on the land they grew their own herbs and she specifically was really into gardening to heal animals and people okay oh so like what people do now in la yes exactly <laughs> it's a resurgence Our artisanal peanut butter for geo's treats <laughs> so she was you. just ahead of her time <laughs> geo eats trash off the sidewalk so i mean we'll make him like only the finest organically sourced truly. foods and then he eats rocks. I literally pay for I like how you say we will do it, but I mean truly <laughs> you feed him French fries. But yeah. I will literally pay for a stupid food because I'm like, I want him to be healthy and then he'll eat a Snickers bar, a full Snickers bar off the ground. And I will panic and he won't even have a stomach ache. And I'm like, You are He has like an iron stomach. It is it's an very iron. creepy. It's, it's very maybe he's a witch. I, you know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're onto something. Maybe he's a familiar. Oh. So uh Blah, blah, blah. So Grace, yeah, so Grace was helping her husband James on the land. She was known to grow her own herbs to heal people and animals. They had three sons named John, James, and Richard, and she was said to also be a midwife. Okay. This is how she's described to people. Attractive, me. Tall, me. Had a sense of humor, me. Wore trousers instead of a dress, me. Um, <laughs> LOL. Mm, wow. Uh, which apparently was unusual for the time, which is also what people say about me. Fed artisanal peanut butter to their friend's dogs. A thousand percent. Also am. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, that we're talking unusual, about unusual, though, like, to for someone to wear pants back then, a woman to wear pants. Well, also, it's unusual, apparently, because people said that she was wearing pants, but also was attractive. And Ah. I, so people, she... A lot of people didn't like that they liked her because she, yourself. she wasn't socially mm. acceptably, So something's you know. wrong with you. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. She threatened a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so actually in Harper's Magazine, they wrote that she was a, quote, secretive maid and her neighbors were, uh, they told envious stories of her. So uh, her looks and personality were known to have attracted local men and threatened their wives while also threatening the men at the same time because they didn't understand why they were liking a woman wow. in pants. Which was, I got that from only one article, but I thought it was, whether or not that's true, I thought it was an interesting perspective. Apparently she just was threatening people left and right. Who actually knows why? Allegedly she was threatening everybody in some way, but specifically the wives in town. And so they started um, rumors so that 
their husbands wouldn't be attracted to her anymore. I feel like that's how a lot of those witch stories start, though. Like, yeah, you just don't like someone and say something. Young, beautiful women, and then they, yeah. yeah. So it's ideally where all of the accusations came from. They were all from threatened wives. Sure. There were at least a dozen lawsuits, either of people accusing her of witchcraft or her suing the accusers. Um, the first allegation was in 1698 when a neighbor named Grace, uh, or, or a neighbor claimed that Grace bewitched his crops. Basically, he was a shitty farmer and his crops didn't grow. <laughs> Seriously. And he was like, it's Grace's fault. You can blame anything and somehow people will find a way to make it work into witchcraft. Uh, yes. And basically that allegation created a huge slew of more allegations to come through okay. for the next decade. So accusations kept coming at her. She eventually was charged with witchcraft several times. She was said to have ruined many people's crops. She was known to have bewitched or killed livestock. She was known to conjure up storms. Um, She was accused to have, quote, assumed the form of a black cat, enter a neighbor's home, jump over her bed, whip her, and then left through the keyhole. Oh, my God. So a shape-shifting, angry, aggressive cat. With a whip. That can fit into a keyhole. Jesus. Okay. So... Grace and her husband tried to sue these neighbors for slander, but lost every time, so they ended up having to pay the court costs every single time. What? So she would kind of get out. I don't know. They It never worked. People kept siding with the slander. Um, one of the rumors about Grace was also that, um, and this part actually became a town legend that apparently is still something people talk about. Um, I haven't heard it before, but I guess different parts of Virginia Beach have a lot of rosemary everywhere. And one of the reasons is because there's a legend or a rumor that Grace actually brought rosemary over from England and stowed it all in a hollowed out eggshell. And now parts of Virginia Beach, especially Princess Anne County, nowadays has rosemary everywhere because she must have planted it when she was involved with all of her herbs. Okay. Even after Grace's husband died later, accusations from neighbors continued and courts uh, just kept claiming that she was a witch there was she couldn't get out of this it was yeah clearly clearly a, a rough time for her and it happened after her husband died so she wasn't always able to even pay off the court costs anymore that's shitty <clears throat> then she's more vulnerable right and because she was there were so many allegations the courts were getting annoyed with her because every single week <sighs> it was just like we just went through this and now you're a fucking she's witch like, again i'm not the one doing it so according to an article by this time by the time her husband had passed Quote, Princess Anne County had obviously grown tired of Mrs. Sherwood as a general nuisance. Because oh my they were gosh. like, how many more times do I have to do goddamn paperwork because oh of you? Oh my gosh. So in December 1705, Grace got in a fight with a woman in town named Elizabeth Hill over something, and Grace ended up suing her for assault and battery and won. Oh, so she finally, finally. wins a court okay. case. Not necessarily defending she herself, to get but beaten up first. Right. So Elizabeth Hill is now sued for assault and battery. And the next month, Elizabeth Hill's husband, who's still mad about it, accused Grace of bewitching his wife and causing the miscarriage between the couple. So, right. So she, he's now saying, oh, well, she only beat you up because you bewitched her into beating you up. Is sure. That, is that what's happening? Basically, uh, it sounds to me, with the, inf- with the few pieces of information I had been given or found, Grace and Elizabeth got in a fight. Elizabeth beat her up or was at least... a charged with assault and battery so i think in spite or yeah. in retaliation the husband then found a way to accuse her of a witch again just to give her more trouble in courts and said like well we just had a miscarriage that must have been her fault 
Oh, it was like a literal miscarriage. They had a literal miscarriage. Oh, I thought you meant like the miscarriage of justice of her. Oh no, no, her like up. a like a. Oh, I see. Okay, a pregnancy sorry. miscarriage. Understood. And so they ended up conveniently after a month I later see. of Elizabeth having been charged with assault and battery, the husband then decided to press charges. Okay, on okay. Grace for causing the miscarriage. Got it. Okay. So that was the only time that Grace was actually brought to trial for witchcraft. She had kind of gotten a slip through the cracks. Um. Yeah. beforehand but now her husband also wasn't there to defend her so now she's going to trial so the court decided that she had been accused so many times of witchcraft that they just had to be suspicious at this point um they were like it's been like 10 years and people keep saying shit all these people can't be wrong yeah either they all hate you or you're a witch oh my god um and the county justices had two juries during the trial the two juries were only of women um but some of the women had been people who had previously accused her of witchcraft so the juries okay. were biased right. and they were like well we already think she's a witch so there was I love it was that not they fair. didn't allow men into the jury when like i feel like later centuries it was like oh all men on the jury right exactly and, oh my gosh only okay. women but also only women who think specifically one thing right, about for you. a reason so the first panel was ordered to go to grace's home and look for any items suggesting there was witchcraft in her house Again, she's an herbalist, right? So, right. Like, so they found screwed. a whole lot of stuff. Or they could have found a whole lot of stuff. Um, and the second panel was ordered to examine her body oh. for, quote, demon suckling teats. What? Because the they assumed that she was breastfeeding fuck. the devil or something. These, I'm telling you. Both juries, nicely enough, refused to carry out the searches. Oh, that's good. But the woman did look for markings on her body in general that might have been brands of the devil. So they, like, checked her out, I guess. Just like like an up-down. Yeah. Um, They did find two, quote, marks not like theirs or like any other woman, and I don't know anything. (laughs) Shocking. I don't know what else that means. They found a birthmark that they they didn't have. They found some wild freckles. Right. Um, So they did find that, but they never looked for any witchcraft items. They never looked at her boobs i guess her demon suckling teats which is what everyone should start calling them by the way (laughs) i mean um just body positivity third love are you listening (laughs) third love for uh for your demon suckling teats promo code drink how many you have (laughs) if you have eight that's great i'm not gonna i'm not gonna check though uh so the county justices again believe there was a great cause of suspicion and decided that she must prove her innocence so on July 5th, 1706, this was probably six months after her trial began, the justices ordered a trial by ducking to take place. What's that? So, Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I know what this is. So if you don't know what ducking is, Ugh. it was a way for back then women to prove their innocence of witchcraft. Um, it's believed that because water is considered pure, it would reject witches. So if they were to throw you into the water... Um, you would float to the top if you were a witch. It so makes no sense. It is ass backwards because they're pretty much deciding no matter what, you're dead. Because if they throw you overboard and you float, well, now you're a witch and they have to burn you at the stake. They're going to kill you. But if you sink, you're not a witch. You're now just a dead you're human. Because dead on the you're drowning. Of the lake. So, and oh, how sad. So the ducking lake. is not any way of proving your innocence. You just... There, it's just a way to kill you. It's truly without beyond. Saying that's I what remember learning do. that when I was little and just being like, I don't understand. This is the moment I just realized humanity will never make sense. Right, exactly. Like, oh my goodness. So ducking is uh, being tied crossbound. So basically, <laughs> they take your two thumbs 
they cross your arms and they cross your feet and oh. then they tie your thumbs to your big toes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. So that way you're kind of like in a weird cannonball like situation. Like but not quite. Like front ways hog, hog tied. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then they just oh. drop you in the water. So that's what they did to her. Again, if she sank, she would drown but be innocent. Hooray. They'd all be so sad. But the the promise of at least being buried on consecrated ground if you were innocent. Oh, well. So, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but if she floated, she was a witch. Do you um, think you could fl- Like, I wonder how you could float. I wonder if anyone... They must have... Some of them must have floated, right? I mean... So. Oh, oh, oh. Well, ironically, the ducking was postponed until five days later because they feared that the weather might harm her health. Which was oh well, you wouldn't want that. The real irony of that. Mm. It's like oh, we wouldn't want to harm your potential definite drowning. We wouldn't want you to catch a cold before we drowned you. Before you can't breathe underwater. Dear God. Um, five women on the shoreline examined her body um, for devices to make sure she wasn't escaping or trying to. She had like a trick up her sleeve to get out of it. <sighs> they covered her with a sack. They tied her thumbs to her toes, and six of the justices rowed <gasps> in one boat two hundred yards out to the river. Um, and in another boat, there was a sheriff, the magistrate, and Grace herself. It's really bad. Uh, the sheriff tied a 13-pound Bible around her neck. And, oh, my God. And pushed her overboard into the Linhaven River near Witch Duck Point, which is named Witch Duck Point because of this story. It sounds so cute until you know what it means. It's like, oh, little witchy duck. Nope. Little duck with a hat on. Nope. Grace was almost murdered here. Oh, so she didn't die? Somehow she untied herself and survived, and she was pulled out of the water and interestingly enough, as soon as she got out of the water, people said that there was this massive downpour that started and drenched everyone. And they thought that she must have done it because she was already accused of conjuring storms. Oh, my God. And so they think like, oh, she survived and now she's having her last laugh because now she's making everyone get wet. I just don't like on the East Coast, blaming someone for the weather is like the most absurd. <laughs> like maybe if in L.A. If it just blizzarded all of a sudden yeah. here, I'd be like, that's a witch like, for Christina's sure. Christina's definitely doing some Christina's dark. Christina's meditating too hard. Dark magic with that artisanal peanut butter. But if in <laughs> fucking Virginia it rains, I mean, God. So uh, there, the, there's a quote that says, evidence proved that Grace was a witch just evidence in general of like, okay, well, she survived the drowning. Mm. So evidence proves that she's a witch if we're going off of that theory. And witches were to be burned. But to burn women was a thing unknown in Virginia. So oh. this was the only, I don't know if this was the only time, but this was one of the few times where there was a, someone survived a ducking. Also, since there were no executions in Virginia, I don't know if that means nobody else was ever drowned or no one else was ever ducked. She might have been I the guess, only one. I guess they don't consider that execution, though, right? I guess not. If it's not. just a trial. I, have, I don't know. Maybe I wrote about it later. We'll find out. <laughs> Who's but, to say? <laughs> I love half the time you're like, I don't know because I wrote this last night. And then half the time you're like, I don't know because I wrote it a week ago. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way in which I know the information. It's Trust just, me. I'm the same way. I just think it's time funny. you would think would be the factor. But it's really my neglect of my own information. Our brains will make any excuse we can. Yeah, exactly. Don't oh, I'm worry. too tired. Oh, I'm too awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which that's one I've never used, by the way. It sounds like this ducking thing all over again. <laughs> you can't win either way. So evidence 
evidence proves that Grace was a witch, so witches should be burned. But Virginia had literally never burned a woman before, and they were like, we're not a fucking bout to. So, which is bravo to Virginia. That's off. Congratulations. So Grace was then ordered to be brought to a future trial. However, there is no record of another trial, so there's a chance that the charges were just dropped because they didn't know what to do with her. They're like, we tried to drown her. They're like, we did all that we know how to do. We can't sit on fire now. I like how they're like, we can't burn a woman, but we can drown her. We can put her in the lake and see what happens. (laughs) We'll just, if she survives, that's her call. Put a sack over her head. Exactly. So, exactly. Fucked up. Um, sack? No? Okay. Oh, I didn't know what was happening. I thought you lost. You thought I just like your sense of English for a moment. (laughs) You would know all about that. Welcome to my world. (laughs) So, uh, a lot of people say that she ended up just going to jail, um, for several years, but there is like, there's no real proof of that. There's no records that she was in jail. Okay. Um, they say that if she was in jail, then she was in jail until the national like witchcraft hysteria kind of died down. So, which would have been like a decade or so. Oh, geez. Um, if she did go to jail, she got out sometime before 1714 because there are records as of 1714 that she paid back taxes on her property. Um... So, if she went to jail, it was it was only for so long. Um, fun fact. Oh, this is the part where um, I think this, the well, part's coming up about Fredericksburg. A fun uh-huh. Fredericksburg fact. Can't wait. So her property that she inherited from her husband was temporarily given to the county before 1714, which is another reason people think that she might have gone to jail because no one was, there was no records of anything going on on her land at the time. So while the county took the property for that certain amount of time, she was able to recover her property by 1714 with the help of Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Alexander Spotswood, who is the namesake (gasps) to the county that I'm from, Spotsylvania County. So I I love that you know that about me. Of course me. I know that. So I it's live... one of my favorite words of the second language of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite words, too. Um, I So I grew up in Fredericksburg, which was the town I grew up in, but I grew up in Spotsylvania County, which is just like the most like... It's just the best. ...redneck thing I've ever heard. I love it. Also, I remember... So the only two things... I've said this probably before because I say to every person who is willing to listen, <laughs> but the only two things, like famous things to come out of um, Fredericksburg are... Uh, Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. He also grew up one street over from Princess Anne, by the way. Oh. And uh, he went to the same high school that Deirdre went to. And the other thing that came out of uh, Fredericksburg is Chick-fil-A sauce, the special sauce. <laughs> Those are the only two things to ever come out of Fredericksburg, and Virginia. the other one is M. Schultz. And me. I'm, we're the trifecta. Verified on Twitter. One day, I'll manifest this now. Me and Danny McBride eating Chick-fil-A sauce together. That oh, would be like, um... that should be like in town hall at Fredericksburg. Oh yeah. So town hall. Uh Danny McBride, are you listening? Actually, Danny McBride's little sister uh went to CNU also and she went to school on the same floor or she her dorm was on the same floor as mine. So he actually did come to CNU a few times to visit her and he still goes to Fredericksburg a lot and people see him walking down the street all the time. Oh. So anyway, Danny McBride, what's up? Um <laughs> But there's just crickets. Well, he, <laughs> he I, I bring him up at all because he was on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel. And oh, yeah, I remember this. And there's in I guess during one of his interviews on Jimmy Kimmel, they did a bit where they like showed him his old high school teachers and he had to figure out he like he tried to remember their names. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, you grew up in Spotsylvania County. What the hell kind of word is that? And I was like, yep, that's right. So anyway. And wasn't it like Deirdre's teachers too? It was like, Deirdre. Yeah, because oh, they all went to the I same high that. school. That's so tough. Deirdre can confirm those were not actors. They were real teachers. That's pretty funny. So um, so anyway, her property was, she was able to recover it from the county because Governor Alexander Spotswood 
of Spotsylvania County one day, Mm -hmm. um, helps her recover her property. I like how they didn't name it Spotswood County. They literally just made up Spotsylvania. Apparently, Spotswood... I wish I wrote it down, but I was like, ah, oh, no one will want to know this. I mean, here I am. Apparently, Spotsylvania is Latin for Spots, Spotsylvania, uh, Spotswood, or, oh, it's literally Latin for Spotswood. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, because Silva means forest, so that makes sense. So there you go. So Spotswood, he just made his last name Latin, and it became Spotsylvania. So, so you want to make it fancier. So I wonder what I Schultz see. in Latin would be, and that's the name of the town I'll create one day. Well, Schultz is nice in German. Don't worry about it. <laughs> gonna happen so in 1740 grace died at 80 years old oh wow but she lived out the rest of her life on that farm as a midwife rumor has it that her sons quote put her body near the fireplace and a wind came down the chimney and her body disappeared amid the embers with the only clue being a cloven hoof print oh my gosh so up until she died people still thought that she was potentially a witch and and that the devil took her body she was still like midwifering midwifing right if you think she's a witch but you also want her to be the first person that helps you with your baby i mean i mean she has all those teats she has a lot of demon suckling teats in case (laughs) you're birthing a demon it's entirely possible or maybe there was just like somehow even more progressive people in Virginia who like were down with the witch thing. They're like, "Ooh, I want to, I want a mid oh, midwife who's I a witch." I just feel in three hundred years this will be really on brand. It'll be really on brand, uh-huh. and then that's why we drink. We'll totally cover it. It's internet show. Also, stories about the devil taking her after she died. Unnatural storms, loitering black cats came soon after. So all these random mm. disasters began happening after she died, which only further perpetuated this rumor that she was a witch. Because there were a lot of storms that showed up and loitering black cats that is everywhere. That a disaster. That is a lovely, lovely time. It's it's going to hurt your feelings in a second. Uh-oh. You're not going to like this. Okay. Eva, plug your ears. Because there were so many rumors that she was associated with the devil because there were so many storms around and so many loitering black cats, it became a trend in the town for locals to kill every cat they could find. I'm sorry. How do humans come up with this shit? You would think they were so progressive about not killing or not burning a woman, but they're going to kill every cat. I mean, it's just like they find a way to put their stupid human toxicity into the world. So every black cat that the townspeople found for that year, they killed. And this ended up leading to Princess Anne County's 1743 rat infestation because all the cats were gone. Shocker. So you did it to yourselves, guys. Um... Since then, her house uh, ended up standing for over 200 years. It was just bulldozed in 2002. What? Um, She is thought to be buried somewhere under the trees near the intersection of Pungo Ferry Road and Princess Anne Road. Wow. Or she's... And actually, so I couldn't... I didn't understand it very well. Either it's thought that she's buried on those roads or she's buried on another property or that road might be on the property. I'm not sure if it's the same thing said two different ways or two different places. But what I could understand was she's either buried under some trees at the intersection of Pungo Ferry Road and Princess Anne Road, and or she's buried on the property of the Ferry Plantation, which is Virginia's most haunted building. And in case you are either you haven't listened to back episodes or you're new here and this is your first episode, um, my best friend Deirdre, who went to the same school that Danny McBride went to, she was on our show episode 19, and that was the story that she covered. Oh! So she talked about the fairy plantation. Because she went there. Yeah. Yeah. So she talked about the fairy plantation, and that is a rumored area where the Witch of Pungo is now buried. such a fun episode. Um, So go listen to that. Hi, Deirdre. 
Um, 19. Aw, we were such babies. And many people who live in the neighborhood still report that you can see a woman with long, wet hair walking the banks of the river. Wet hair? Oh, gross. Out like, of the, like uh, the ring. Out of the lake. It so it's like actually Samara. The Witch of Pungo is Samara her out of the, the well. It's all very mixed up. So her story is also the namesake to locations in the area, including Witch Duck Road, Witch Duck Point, which is where she was pushed overboard, mm. Sherwood Lane, and um, just to name a few. And Grace was also, um, this was the stat that I was trying to remember earlier. Um, so to answer our earlier question, Grace is the only convicted witch ever tried by water in Virginia. So she's the only one oh. that they ever potentially were going to be ducking. So they literally named that Witch Duck Road just because of her. her. Wow. Okay. And she is the only deceased person in Virginia history to ever be exonerated. Oh, so what? afterward. Uh, yes. So Belinda Nash, who was the founder at, Fla- at Fairy... Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Belinda Nash, who is a founder of Fairy Plantation, she's been petitioning for over 20 years to have her exonerated. Aww. And exactly 300 years after the incident, like to the day, to the exact day of her ducking, um, <gasps> Governor Tim Kaine pardoned her. And in 2007, a statue of Grace was put on the lawn at Bayside Hospital, calling Grace one of our first healers. Oh, wow. And the statue is near the old Prince Anne County Courthouse where Grace was tried, and it's only one mile west of her ducking point at Witch Duck Bay. Um, So you're kind of close to all of her history when you go see her statue. The statue of her is her carrying a basket containing garlic and rosemary for her knowledge of herbal, herbal healing. And she, on with her on her statue, is a raccoon for her love of animals. Oh, that's per- like a real raccoon. He just sits there. He just gets paid to be there. I just feed him. There's a statue of a raccoon that's next so to her. That's so cute. I don't know how they pick the raccoon. You'd think they pick like the, like, like a Virginia. A, a black cat? Oh, maybe. Whatever. Anyway. I, I like the raccoon. I feel like Kind of random. Yeah. Anyway, that's the story of the Witch of Pungo. Yay. So wait, so she was the only person to ever be exonerated? Only deceased person. So they've never, like, exonerated anyone else. In Not according to Google. <laughs> Good job, Virginia, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> May, and I, I'm sure someone's going to be able to, like, I, that doesn't sound right to me. I feel like that's probably not accurate. But the um, that was a stat that I found. Maybe I mean, for, like, at the time. Maybe, like. Oh, maybe. I mean, it was. I, I, listen, I believe you. I've never claimed to know exactly what I'm talking about. So let's not make that the thing that we're assuming today. You got that blue check. We all trust you. I'm verified on Instagram and I have a bag of all dressed ruffles right next to me. (laughs) My life's pretty fucking good. Our lives are in your hands. Yes. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners 
listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. All right, so this is a a different thing that I'm doing here, a little bit. Oh. So before we went to Canada, we were trying to find time to record. We didn't. We released a live episode, but I had started this story um, knowing I was going to Canada, and I figured it was still fitting because it is a Canadian story. It's always fitting. As I was just there and brought a moose. So I actually found this email, like, really randomly. I didn't, like, search for Canada or anything in our email, but I found this email. <laughs> Excuse me. Herbert? Oh, no, I just stopped breathing and I forgot how. Are you okay? I'm back. Oh, by the way, I'm having heartburn, so if you see oh, me making you? weird faces. Oh, no. It's fine. I hope it wasn't those ruffles. No. (sighs) It was I ate an entire fucking pizza by myself today. We also were stress eating. We have a lot going on. We've got a lot going on No comment. Um, So. Nothing bad you have to worry about. Only good things that we can't discuss. All good. Just a lot. Let's put it that way. But that always means good things because that means we're setting up all sorts of fun stuff. Um, So I found this email randomly from like February of this year. It was from um, a woman named Elise who hosts, who co-hosts uh, the Rabbit Holes podcast. Mm-hmm. I guess they go down different rabbit holes. Wow. I don't know what that means at all. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> Continue. Moving on. So she literally took the time to like whip up some notes on this Canadian serial, serial killer. And I was like, holy crap, I haven't heard of this guy. And she had sent me all these notes. And I was like, okay, this is great timing. I'm going on an anniversary trip. I was just in Cincinnati for a wedding. I'm home for 24 hours. I don't have time to, like, do full research. So thank you, Elise, for sending these notes. What I did was... Okay, I'm just going to read it. She says, I've taken the liberty, because I'm old-timey like that, to prepare some show notes for Christine's consideration. As you may have heard, Canada has been dealing with a serial killer for the last decade. I had not heard. I refuse to believe it because everyone's perfect in Canada. That is not entirely Except true. Except for this person, apparently. There are some issues, especially after I learned on my ghost tour some questionable things. But every place has them. I think there's darkness in every place. And you guys 
maybe executed some people, but you stopped earlier than we did. So you already have us beat. On I, I do the ignorance is bliss thing and just pretend everything is like moose. The number of emails we poutine. get that are like, Em, like, you just don't get Canada. Like, we don't, I don't have, have to have that. I don't have to. They're like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but like, we have a lot of murderers. Eh, I've already decided that I'm obsessed and I'm just like, I have my blinders on. I mean, you can be obsessed, but like, you know, I mean, people, you know, I'm sure Spotsylvania County has some murderers. Yeah. Doesn't well, we're no Canada. Place. We're no Canada. Okay, fine. So anyway, she says, as you may have heard, Canada has been dealing with a serial killer for the last decade and the arrest slash court date court case is set to wrap up tomorrow so she literally oh this wow like the day so i was already so like, was like super topical it was and i was super invested in this and then i was like wait a second i'm literally going to canada in like three days so i got very excited about this and she had sent me these notes but they were like from february so then i went and basically took her notes and then just kind of like went down ra- a rabbit hole rabbit hole into this and like found some other stuff and it's very punny it is it very is. bunny of the rabbit oh, hole dear God. if you will oh help me Send me back to Canada. Okay. So, anyway, this is the story of Bruce MacArthur, the serial killer of Toronto's gay village. <gasps> oh, no. Yes, it's very bad. So, just saying. Uh, Yikes. But, so, I... So, thank you, Elise, for your notes. I took your notes and I ran with them and fell down a rabbit hole. Okay. As you do. So, just to uh, give you a little background, uh, in 2010, gay men started disappearing from the church in Wellesley area of Toronto. And Church and Wellesley are known as Toronto's gay village. Police were not at first convinced there was anything odd going on. Shocker. Uh, there was no evidence of any crimes being committed, so there wasn't much they could do. And it took about 10 years for things to finally happen. And this year, they wrapped up. So I'm just going to give you kind of the story of that. Okay. All right. So Thomas Donald Bruce MacArthur, or as we call him, Bruce MacArthur. Sure. Was born October 8th, 1951 in Lindsay, Ontario, outside outside of toronto but he grew up in farm country north of oshawa uh he had a sister his parents uh took in troubled foster kids from toronto uh he had a reputation at school for being a teacher's pet he didn't really fit in with other kids he was known for ratting out the other kids uh he was also known for his singing voice he often won singing competitions and he was kind of like bullied for being different and being kind of a tattletale Okay, got it. So his parents were Irish Catholic and Scottish Presbyterian, uh, what's the word, respectively, which uh, created some tension in the home, you know, Presbyterian and Catholic. Listen. You know how that is, you Jew. I Well, I, I, between my dad being a Catholic, my stepdad being Presbyterian, my mom being a Jew, and my stepmom being Wiccan. Wiccan is the really the kicker That's here. the topsy-turvy one. That's the one that really... And now I've got another Catholic stepdad, so I, listen. TM, TM, TM for my sitcom. <laughs> right. At this point, it's just like a house of re- of random religions. Yeah, yeah. It's super fun. Uh, and then here's... Yes, I can relate. Here's M just like saying the Our Father to avoid... And here I am identifying as Jewish, but also like saying the Lord's Prayer the second I'm scared of anything. <laughs> okay. And here I am just watching. <laughs> Blindly. <laughs> just with popcorn. Don't tell my godmother. Okay. So, uh, right. So there was some tension in the home. MacArthur would often side with his mother and his father did not like that. And also later MacArthur said that his father was super strict and he felt that he may have sensed his lack of masculinity or his homosexuality. And that was why there was this kind of hatred going on from his father. Uh, MacArthur had trouble accepting his sexual orientation, which would have been seen as abnormal in rural Ontario at the time. Got it. Um, And being gay uh, with very religious parents was obviously extremely difficult. 
He married his high school sweetheart, whose name was Janice Campbell, when he was 23. They had two children, a daughter and a son. And in the early 90s, MacArthur came out to his wife, but he and his wife decided to continue living together, kind of um, just under the same roof, until 1997, when he finally decided to leave her and move to Toronto and begin living uh, openly as gay. Got it. And this is when he started having a four-year relationship with another man. And he also started work as a traveling salesman, a retail worker, and a landscaper. Okay. And this is where things get go down haywire. Hill, get it? He's a landscaper. Okay. <laughs> nah, that one's not good. At I least I'm not going to blame you for that. That was all me. <laughs> um, I should have blamed her. That would have been better. Nope. Okay. Any future puns that are not funny are Elise's fault. Okay. Right, and no one else's. Not even mine. <laughs> not even M's. Finally. Finally, they're not M's. I've been waiting. Elise, thank you. 140 you something episodes down the road. You finally got here. You got escape bunny. Hey, 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 it's hey. so bad. I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, listen, I may have put some gin in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I may have watched Christine take like a very large shot of vodka earlier I'm or something. I'm telling you, we had a really long day. We had okay? a really long day. And I don't really drink anymore. So sometimes it's just like. I was mid-sentence and Christine was just like grabbing for a shot glass. <laughs> I and was grabbed like, to Tito's. She's like, don't, just let me, hang on, just finish the, the sentence in a second. Thought. I've it's been, been a wild time. I've also been watching a lot of Arrested Development. Like Blaze and I watched it the whole time we were in Canada. Like every night we'd watch a couple episodes. And just the amount that Lucille Bluth drinks is so funny in her like martinis every day. And I was like, I'm my, just craving some martini, man. Fun fact, the, the picture for my mom my mom's contact id in my phone you is told the this story in the last episode i don't care <laughs> i don't just, care i'm just saying because your mom called remember and you were like oh lucille bluth oh yeah yeah the... the picture of lucille bluth drinking a martini and like one of her eyes is like with, half with the, cocked the wink yeah not implying that my mom is uh is such a lush but my mom and her definitely pull a lot of the same uh one-liners Em likes to make some comparisons there yeah and I like to make comparisons. My, my mom says a lot of the same things Lucille Bluth says. And sometimes I, I forget who said what. So. Yeah. It's whatever. It's all fitting when Lucille Bluth calls. So anyway, that's why I've been kind of feeling the, the vodka lately. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not about me anymore. Okay. So let's see. So the first crime is called the Halloween assault. And I'm sorry. I didn't even think that it was also October. But I guess it's fitting in that way too. Sure. So. Uh, so let's see. MacArthur met a sex worker on a chat line around Halloween and, uh, they had sex on the afternoon of Halloween, October 31st, 2001, a few weeks after his 50th birthday, MacArthur was invited into the man's apartment to see his, this is the Lucille Bluth one. To see his what? Halloween costume. Okay. I see what this Sip is. Sip of martini. So, right, right. I'm telling you. Cue the half eye being open. The like horrible, I do that at Blaze all the time. And he... Christine, you also do it when you're just drunk. I know. I do it when I'm sober too. It's just a bad habit. No, my favorite thing is when Christine does drink a lot, it's impossible <laughs> for both eyes to be open at the That's, same time. Uh, that is true. She's that... like one of those like dolls that you have to lift up and the eye has, the eyes open. And but get stuck but it's like been thrown down the stairs too many times so <laughs> one of its eyes just never really fully gets there that's like shockingly fitting yes correct uh and you're like no, no no christine the other eye has to be open and you're like oh you gotta, and you gotta, you like, like switch them out you gotta like tap me in the side of the face a few times and then the other one will open it's so fun to watch. Just like unglue the eyelashes from the bottom. Yeah. Maybe that's why one's always closed because like your your eyelashes like weave together. It's possible. Let's do. Let's say that's the reason. Okay. Okay. So anyway, the guy was like, "Come see my Halloween costume," and uh, <laughs> oops, I just deleted the entire bullet. That's good. I got really worked up about that. Okay. 
So he was invited to the man's apartment to see his Halloween costume, and uh, for whatever reason, MacArthur struck the man several times from behind with an iron pipe that he, quote, often carried. Uh Oh. I guess you could say at that point, it's my Halloween costume, this pipe, but uh, sure, just struck him on the back of the head. That's my costume, a guy with a pipe. Yeah, isn't that clever? He's a yeah. plum- he's a plumber. Sure. Uh, the victim lost consciousness, but uh, ultimately woke up, called 911, and was taken to the hospital, where he required several stitches on the back of his head and fingers, as well as physiotherapy to like resume normal movement Shit. Uh, for several weeks. MacArthur turned himself into police saying he didn't remember attacking the man or why he did it. He pleaded guilty to assault and was sentenced to almost two years in prison. And it's said that MacArthur's unexplained behavior may have been due to the combination of his anti-seizure medication that he was taking uh, with what they call poppers, a muscle Mm. relaxant called amyl nitrite, which is sometimes taken recreationally before sex. So they were kind of saying his defense was saying like, oh, well... This medication might have made him black out and behave erratically. Um, And so the Crown Prosecutor agreed with psychiatric reports, uh, which claimed that he was unlikely to reoffend and he was safe to be released back into the general population. I see. That was not true. Uh, And this is... Oh, I will also add, Elise uh, and I believe her co-hosts are both from Canada. So this is like a one like of their hometown thing sort of yeah like they know kind of more about the legal proceedings and all that so Got it. she kind of makes some notes here and i want to say that's not me that's kind of her take on things so also the puns are her right <laughs> uh, entirely her every <laughs> horrible joke oh there's so many too uh, <laughs> also all the ones from episode one through 141 were also hers. yeah, ev- yeah. every single thing that we've ever done wrong <laughs> elise thank you for really taking the blunt on that you know what elise i i held it i held my tongue for the, the first blunt. 141 episodes i can't hold it in any longer this is all your fault okay um so as she says in true in true canadian fashion though he never went to prison he was put under house arrest had a curfew had three years of probation was ordered to stay away from male sex workers and his victim had a restraining order put against him so okay there was that punishment quote unquote he was also prohibited from going to the toronto gay village community for the length of his sentence didn't really work because it's hard to prohibit someone from, I guess, going to an entire neighborhood night scene. I hear you. I hear you. Um, in 2002, while the assault case was still before the courts, MacArthur registered with Recon, which was a get... Uh, I don't know if it's still in existence, but it's a gay fetish site for men into BDSM, where his profile noted his interest in submissive men. He was active on... So this is all during, like, while his case is still going through the courts. Oh, okay. And he's still, you know prohibited from a lot of activities etc under house arrest etc etc he was active on numerous gay dating websites including now i'm gonna read these to you because these are there's a lot of them okay and i I don't know how many you've heard of i've only heard of a few okay i don't know if these are canadian or whatever um he was active on numerous gay dating websites including silver daddies monjom grinder ding ding bear 411 (laughs) no i love that one bear 411 (laughs) Bear Forest. Oh. Scruff. Yes, I've heard of Scruff. Daddy Hunt. No. <laughs> I can't tell if I like Bear 411 or Daddy Hunt more. They both sound like they could be really interesting video games. The next one's not. It's, Uh-oh. it's called Squirt. That I've not heard of. <laughs> and Growler, which... Oh, yeah, I know Growler. Yeah, Growler, Grinder, probably uh, competing apps. Maybe. Um, he had also become a regular at the gay bars and clubs throughout Toronto and was well known in the gay community, despite being banned from the gay community. Sure. 
Um, additionally, while his case worked its way through the courts, he purchased a 2004 Dodge Caravan. Okay. And that is uh, important to note. Good to know. His lawyers appealed based on the stay away from male sex workers part of the sentence, and the conviction was completely expunged from his record in 2014. Uh, like it never happened. Like it was just completely erased despite the conviction and the two-year sentence, the house arrest sentence, completely erased. His his defense team got it completely expunged from his record, so he had a fully clean record after that. Okay. In 20... Wow. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. Uh, so, in 2012, a post appeared on a website called Zambian Meat. Okay. M-E-A-T. Oh, okay. It was a cannibal website. Okay. And a man posted that he had killed and eaten a man from Toronto's gay village. In response, the Toronto police set up uh, Project Houston, a task force, to investigate the claim, thinking the poster may have been referring to the disappearance of a man named Skandaraj or Skanda Navaratnam. And this was a disappearance, a crime they'd never been able to solve. So they were like, oh my gosh, maybe this is related. We're going to look into this. Got it. Apparently, they even at this point looked into Luca Magnata, which um, oh, whom I covered in episode the cat guy, right? Thirty-two, the guy with the animals. That he did really horrible things. Yeah, to he did bad things to animals. Yeah, that was one of the That's tougher ones. Probably not a good advertisement for episode 32, but... That was... If you are really into, like, the more fucked up stories, that's that's one for it's, you. It, it's a cannibal-ish story, so, I mean, check it out. It's it, it was a good story. It's a fucked up story. Yeah. Um, in June 2013, the task force identified two other missing men from the gay village that they thought were similar to Skanda's case, and those were the cases of Abdul Bazir Faizi and Majid Hamid Kayhan. So, they had the same ethnic background they were around the same age it just seemed like these it was around the same time and all three unsolved they also all disappeared between 2010 and 2012 all south asian immigrants and two of them faizi and kaihan were both married and hiding their sexuality from their wives Mm. so they were closeted um and they just seemed like a lot of coincidences so in 2013 police actually did link bruce MacArthur to the two men through his use of dating apps like he had actually matched with both of them uh, but they interviewed him and he checked out so he was dismissed and remember he had a fully clean record so got it that was not in the background project houston concluded uh with no evidence to link the disappearances that any crime had been committed they never identified a suspect and according to a 2016 case summary there was still nothing to explain what had happened to these three men mm. So another another Toronto task force, I guess they like their task force. Love a good task force. <laughs> wow. I know. I think they just like to name them because this one was called Project Prism. Ooh. I know, right? I like that. Sounds like a club. Yeah. Project Prism. You could do a lot of like rainbows, like that's, refracting through you. it. I was wondering if that's maybe where it oh, wait came a minute. from. I think probably. It'd be fun. I mean, we. Get, I'm gonna. I'm gonna allow it. We get to rainbow later, so like, it could is there be. A, a rainbow task force? Because I thought that's what the whole queer community was called. Oh, uh, we're getting there. Yeah, there is a rainbow something or other. Someone make a shirt called the the rainbow task force. Well, let's find out if it's something bad first, and then never mind. Maybe make it once I remember what the hell is in here. Because um, I see. Remember that time that I said like the like something really bad about yeah. the devil? Yeah. That was fun. I said something. I said something that was meant to be a compliment and came off the exact wrong way. Like burning the rainbow flag. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it was meant. It was meant somehow. It was meant in a good way. Really positive comment. (laughs) (laughs) It was how like hell. Like hell is at least inclusive. It was really awful. 
It came out bad. The more you explain it, the less it makes sense. That's so. what happened in the last episode, too. It happens in every episode. The more we explain anything, the less it makes sense. In case you guys don't know, I am an ally. It just doesn't show itself <laughs> because I'm, a ter- I'm terrible at talking. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> That's why we blast our voices into your Anyway, ears. I promise I'm part of the, the good task force. Danny McBride, are you listening? Do oh, you no. still want to talk to us? Probably no, not. Never did. Never will. Another Toronto task force called Project Prism was created in July 2017 following two more missing persons cases and was tasked with looking for connections between these two current cases and the three that had been unsolved by Project Houston. So we still had those three that were unsolved. Now there were two more and they were like, okay, now we have five. Let's see if we can connect all five of these. The first man to disappear around this time was named Salim Essen, who vanished on April 14, 2017. He arrived in Canada from Turkey only a few years earlier, and was active on social media, dating apps, and in the community itself. Then in late June 2017, a man named Andrew Kinsman disappeared from another Toronto community called Cabbage Town. Okay. The day after Pride Toronto. Uh, His friends gained access to his apartment and found no sign of a disturbance, except that his 17-year-old cat was out of food and water. Oh, no. I think she was still alive. She sounds like she's a familiar. She's kicking. I don't know if she's a she, but... The cat was still alive. The cat was somehow making it at 17. The one difference is that Kinsman was openly gay. He was a local bartender, longtime volunteer with the Toronto People with AIDS Foundation, superintendent of his building, was extremely involved with the community, very well known, very popular. He was also known as stable and responsible. His friends had noticed really quickly that he was missing. um, And his friends were like, he would never leave voluntarily, especially without his cat his familiar, his 17-year-old kitten, and his prescription meds, which were all still at the apartment. He was also six foot four and 220 pounds. Oh, wow. So he seemed like an unlikely candidate of random violence. Sure. It just didn't really make, it didn't add up why he was missing, and it didn't seem like something he would have done on his own. Uh, at this point, Toronto's gay community is like, okay, enough is enough. Uh, we're going to start pressuring Toronto police to recognize that there's likely a serial killer working in our midst. So the notion that there was a serial killer targeting gay men had been suggested by the community before, but now the media was kind of picking up on it and saying, um, okay, this is, you know, you know how the media likes to be like, serial killer? Exactly. Could it be? Um, And so a friend and colleague of Kinsman named Greg Downer founded and moderated the Facebook groups. The first one was called Find Andrew Kinsman, and the second one was called Toronto's Missing Rainbow Community. That's where the rainbow came in. Got it. Um, so they actually, so they shared information that each group had about 600 members and in the groups, they shared information about the missing men. They organized volunteers for search parties. They released, uh, missing persons flyers and photos on social media and, uh, like paper flyers. Just everything everywhere. Yeah. Trying to raise public awareness saying like, you know, we're going to try to get the police's attention essentially. Uh, Downer even, this is pretty crazy, he appealed to dating apps to provide an option for users to consent to have their data released to police if they went missing. So basically, if you sign up for this dating app, um, you could check a box saying, if something happens to me, I consent to my oh, wow. information to be released so they don't have to wait months because otherwise, you know, they'd have to wait oh, months I love to, that. to get the permission. To I mean, it's a shitty situation, info. but that's very smart. No, it is really smart because, you know, it's hard. It takes a long time for them to get right data and all that shit from whether it be a right, right, right. mobile company what's, what's that company word? called or what's the thing that you're what's is what's it, a company called yeah the, well the thing where you can consent in advance uh 
I don't know if it was called anything. I don't anything. think it's called anything. Okay. Um, he just basically uh, asked several gay dating apps to be like, can you make it an option that people release their information Got it. in case they go missing? Got so, it. Uh, the investigation was criticized. Oh, sorry. They also opened hotlines um, for people who were reluctant to talk to police, but maybe had some information. So the investigation itself was criticized for victim blaming on part of the authorities. Uh, on February 27, 2018, for example, a news article ran with the headline, Toronto Police Chief Says Civilians Failed to Help Investigation into Alleged Serial Killer, which is like, that's not the people's fault <laughs> like it's your right. job it's not their right. job to find the serial killer but it seemed like they were doing a lot and there was a lot of miscommunication on that front too where the police chief said like no i'm very thankful for the community's involvement and then the mayor got involved and it was a whole thing and there's that got it so controversy uh because kinsman dis kinsman oh there it is okay because Kinsman's disappearance was reported so quickly, so within 72 hours, his disappearance was reported by his friends, and thus the task force was created so quickly, police were able to gather some really crucial evidence that they probably wouldn't have gathered if um, his disappearance had been delayed and he had been reported much later than I that. See. One of the pieces of evidence that they found was a calendar entry on June 26th in um, Andrew's calendar, it was the last day Andrew Kinsman was seen alive, and the calendar entry just read Bruce. So they're like, who is Bruce? This is the last day he was seen alive. That's the calendar entry. It just says Bruce. Interesting. So they found surveillance footage from outside Kingsman's apartment showing him that day approaching a red minivan. And while you couldn't see the license plate, you couldn't see the driver in the front seat, uh, the side chrome on the car was identified by someone as a 2004 Dodge Caravan. That, I see, yes. So then they're like, huh, we got a 2004 Dodge Caravan, we got the name Bruce. Let's cross-reference those. Right. See who the hell's named Bruce in Toronto who owns a Dodge Caravan. So, there were 6,000 Dodge Caravans in Toronto, but only five were owned by men named Bruce. And just like that, they made the connection to Bruce MacArthur. Got it. So now they were, like, pinpointing all their energy on Bruce MacArthur. It made a lot of sense that this was their guy. Uh, policy, policy. Police were getting search warrants on circumstantial evidence or what they identified as the disappearance for... God, I can't read. I'm sorry. We got this ring light in our eyes, and I'm bl I keep looking at it and then looking down, and I'm blind. But we figured out the lighting. <sighs> we just haven't figured out our eyes. Yeah, we haven't figured out how to cope with the lighting. But we're very happy that now we will have constant or not consistent lighting and go blind in the process yes um i'm gonna zoom in like you did that smart okay so da -da -da, all their evidence or all their energy was now going into MacArthur because it made sense he was their guy uh police were getting search warrants uh for what they identified as the disappearances of five men including andrew kingsman so now they were like all five of these men we think are connected to bruce MacArthur. As part of their investigation, police tracked MacArthur's patterns and whereabouts. He didn't know they were surveilling him. And they realized he had been doing landscape work for a homeowner in a nice area of Toronto in exchange for storage space in their garage. I see. For his landscaping gear. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Quote, unquote. In October, MacArthur took his van into a car parts shop and sold it. But luckily for police, when they got there, it had yet to be processed and was still sitting exactly as it was when he had sold it. Oh, cool. So they were able to look at it just as it was, pristine. 
Uh, in the van, police found trace amounts of blood. It matched Andrew Kinsman's blood. Got it. And the other guy, Essen, which allowed them to get into MacArthur. So they got the search warrant for MacArthur's apartment. And they went in while he was not home and secretly cloned his computer hard drive. <gasps> wow. Isn't that wild to think, like, what if you had a ring doorbell and you were just like, oh, my HelloFresh has arrived. And then you <laughs> open your app and it's like all these men just who have a key to your house and are going. Well, also, I wonder what what having a ring or like one of those camera systems has now done for people when it comes to not being home like, mm. like now you really can't if someone has that you can't do a secret warrant like they know that you're on to them and they now have more time to run right you'd think so yeah i, I imagine it's going to go that way I at guess, least once in the world I, I don't know how often i've heard of like police going secretly into someone's house and then leaving and then not like, I don't I, know. i've never really heard that before maybe that's a canadian thing maybe i like, don't know i've never heard of people going into the house without telling the person then leaving and then letting them live their life like they never knew i don't know i I guess i've just never really i've never just thought about it for all i know it's, it happens a lot more or a lot less but than it's i'm never imagining really come up in any of my stories you know no i'm trying to think of all the law and order law and order episodes like i've never really seen where they're just like like i've seen where they go in but never like without the person there yeah or like they're looking for them they're not like okay let's wait till he's gone then right pretend we were never here I wonder. I wonder if there's at least one case. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, there is one right here, I guess. So, I mean, and it was recent, so it's not like he couldn't have had a ring doorbell. <laughs> anyway, in Elisa's words, quote, now shit was on. Uh, police had MacArthur under surveillance, and on January 18th, 2018, they witnessed MacArthur and a young man entering MacArthur's apartment. Concerned for that man's safety, they entered the apartment. They found the young man restrained to the bed in the apartment. He was shaken but not hurt. He also fit the profile of the other missing men. So he was Middle Eastern, he was young, he was married and in the closet, and he was active on gay dating apps. He told police he had met MacArthur through the dating app Growler and said they'd met for sex several times. He had agreed to keep his relationship with MacArthur secret and let himself be handcuffed to MacArthur's steel bed frame. But he did not agree to the part where MacArthur put a black bag over his head and tried to tape his mouth shut. And this was happening as police officers came in. What are the odds that you've already met this guy so many times and the one time he tries to do it is the time that you're saved? Thank the Lord. I know. That's perfect timing. Jesus Christ. So they're watching him and they're like, this guy could be in serious trouble. They walk in and he's like taping his mouth shut with a bag over his head. So thank God. He's so lucky that he was thinking I'm in trouble (gasps) and then police just walk in. Yeah. He literally got thank god saved from that uh from that hell so they arrest macarthur obviously this guy's like i did not ask for that um after his arrest january 18 2018 police executed search warrants on five properties where macarthur had no- had been known to do landscaping work at one of the properties cadaver dogs signaled on 12 large planter boxes uh, the planters were frozen to the ground, but were released and were transported, like, in their entirety to the Toronto coroner's office. So they literally just, like, removed these giant planters from the ground and transported them to the coroner's They're like, office. we already know. We just, they're let's like, just take it. But they're, like, not even going to look into them there. They're like, it's too cold. Take them inside. So um, they looked inside them. Inside two of them were the skeletal dismembered remains of at least three people. And this allowed the police to charge Bruce MacArthur with three murders. Majid Kaihan, a Project Houston subject. Sarush Mahmoodi, who disappeared in 2015. And Dean Lizawick, a homeless man who had never actually been reported missing at all. 
In the coming weeks and months, the remains of seven more men would be found in those planters, including Andrew Kinsman. Mm. The problem was that MacArthur worked all over Toronto for decades. The manpower required to find the other victims wasn't massive. It took hundreds of officers, and they searched over 30 different properties looking for bodies. But they were able to remove planters from several properties where MacArthur had worked as a landscaper. And because cadaver dogs were having trouble detecting scents due to the cold weather and frozen ground, instead of this time taking the planters and physically remo- removing them, they would put these like large tents up with heaters and like thaw the frozen ground in the yard. Like they would like put up tents around all the planters and then just like heat the ground until they were able to dig it up. Got it. Interesting. Um, yeah. So forensic investigators spent hundreds of hours searching every inch of MacArthur's apartment where they suspected some of the murders had taken place. It took them several weeks before they even got to his bedroom. That's how like wow, thoroughly... like they're really with a fine tooth comb. Exactly. Um, where that and in his bedroom is where they expected uh, a bulk of their evidence would come from. So the search concluded on May 11th, having occupied ten forensic officers for nearly four months. That's how long just the apartment took. Four months. That's, I mean, bravo to the police department for like really. They were like doing it in it and on it and around it. Um, they took more than 18,000 photographs within the apartment and collected over 1,800 items. Wow. Detective Sergeant Hank Idzinga explained that the intense thoroughness was required as the first murder was believed to have occurred in the apartment eight years previously. So they're like, this could have occurred eight years ago. We're going to look so carefully. Right, so evidence could be anywhere. Exactly. And like could be so small that you wouldn't even notice it otherwise. Um, the case was actually spread around the world. Uh, with tips coming in from different countries that MacArthur had visited in his travels or, like, worked in. So he was all over the world. Um, A police source actually told the National Post that MacArthur had covered his tracks using aliases online, using pay phones instead of cell phones. And this is, like, 2015, 2016. Like, this is recent. It's like he was using... Somehow still possible to... (laughs) Just uh, well, scathe by. I found a payphone in Halifax. I was like, wow, a working payphone. One time in uh, when I still worked at the prop house, there was a gas station nearby that had a payphone. And I called my mom on it just no way. to say that I could. And then she didn't answer. I had to leave a voicemail. <laughs> We're such youths. I was like, mom, I'm calling you on a payphone. Such- anyway, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> no- oh, it says I'm out of. It says I'm out of dimes. I'm out of nickel. <laughs> yeah, I uh, feel like we're such wannabe youths. The youths nowadays are like, like we used, we played Oregon Trail on floppy disks. The youths now are like, literally, what's a payphone? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway. How do you use this? This doesn't make any, what's a nickel? Right. I right. have a bit Bitcoin. Okay. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> You're nailing it. I'm truly a thousand. Okay. Well, we'll check you back into the retirement home after this. <laughs> Please, God, just take me back. Okay. So uh, he, right, he used aliases, he used payphones. He actually knew where the surveillance cameras were in Toronto, so he would avoid those. I mean, he was even able, like, at that guy's apartment, he was able to hide himself and his license plate. They just happened to see what kind of car it was and the Bruce. Um, So the source suggested, the same source suggested that MacArthur had targeted vulnerable men who, A, did not have a fixed address, or B, which seemed to be a common thread is that they hadn't told their families they were gay. So their families wouldn't even know. And they would never have an alibi or they would never. Yeah. Their families, they would, they would have kept this relationship secret. And he had no risk of people finding out that he was involved in all of these storylines. Exactly. exactly. And so that just seemed to be a common um, thread between his victims. So all in all, MacArthur was charged with uh, first degree murder of eight different men and was brought to trial in January of 2018 
the court actually ordered a publication ban on the proceedings, which limited what could be reported in the press. So basically the general public only knew that he was in custody and was charged with eight murders, but then they were kind of cut off from uh, future information until the trial was over. On January 28, 2019, so this year, MacArthur pled guilty to eight murders, which he had committed between 2010 and 2017. He claimed only five were sexual in nature, but all of them were committed via some form of strangulation. Oh, my God. He kept trophies from his victims, including jewelry and a notebook. DNA from four of the victims had been found in MacArthur's van. He also had, quote, post-offense rituals, including taking, hundred, taking hundreds of post-mortem digital photographs of his oh, victims. Oh, God which were recovered forensically after he tried to delete them off his hard drive. So that was part mm. of what they found. He took staged post-mortem photographs, typically with ropes around their necks or with them nude in a fur coat or a hat. Okay. Some photographs had them with their heads and beards shaved off like he had shaved them. Ew. And then he kept their hair in Ziploc bags in a shed at Mount Pleasant Cemetery. <sighs> wow. That's a lot of... It's a That's lot. a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, one photograph actually showed a rope around a victim's neck that showed kind of how he did did this, how he killed them. Um, he had a rope twisted with a metal bar wrapped in tape, so he was able. It was like a mechanism to control the strangulation with the bar. Gross. Got it. Yeah. Uh, the bar Ooh, also. That gave me chills. I know. It's uh, it gave awful. me chills too. Oh God! Even saying it. Um, the bar was found in MacArthur's van and contained both the DNA of Kinsman and Essen on the bar itself. So he didn't even hide that well. He was just hanging out. But somehow he was able to avoid. He even was interviewed in that earlier case and mm. was let go. I mean, it's just horrifying. Um, so Elise's email that I mentioned came in the week of the sentencing and she actually said like, tomorrow we find out what happens, which wow. was really crazy. I like had never even seen it until now. And then I actually searched and she had sent an update like a week later. Oh, so was, thanks Elise. Thanks for the update. Really on top of it. You really are. So, uh, Except for your puns, they suck. Yeah. Your puns are terrible. You really got to work on that. Listen, everyone, I, I use your puns all the time and no one ever laughs. Yeah, so what's the problem here? It's not my fault. It's just crickets left and right. Um, you mean rabbits? I knew you were going to say that and I was going to start my sentence, but then I had to burp. So I didn't. Uh -huh. you're, you're like, I might as well just let this happen. <sighs> might as well let you take this one. Um, I, so like I said, I believe Elise and her co-host are both from Canada. So they have their own take on things. Um, so the updated email included a tweet. Oh, her co-host, I believe, is named Andy. So the tweet uh, is from Tracy Tong, who I believe is a reporter from the area. It says, breaking news, judge sentences MacArthur to life with concurrent periods of parole ineligibility. MacArthur will serve 25 years before being eligible for parole. Okay. 25 years. I mean, I'm going to shrug that off. It's not Because there's nothing else I can do. So uh, what she says is not great news, but par for the course in Canada's justice system. Even if he's 90 before he's eligible for parole, this is going to make a lot of people justifiably unhappy. So the mandatory sentence, he basically received, like, from what I can tell, the minimum mandatory sentence for first-degree murder, which is life imprisonment with no parole for 25 years. So, like, as long as he lives, he's going to be paroled, which is mm -hmm. horrifying. I mean, this man admitted to murdering eight people via strangulation. Mm-hmm. And he could be paroled. Super. Um, the Crown Prosecutor asked that the parole eligibility be, eligibility be pushed back to 50 years, which would mean he would die before that, but no go. 
no okay. go. He got the minimum minimum uh, sentence. Gotcha. So, uh, obviously, we all know, this is Elise's line, but it's true, we all know serial killers can often have higher body counts that they're held legally account- than those that they're held legally accounted for. Police are actually still looking to see, I mean, this happened like a few months ago, so this is like still very active. Police are looking to see if a series of cases, some of which date back to the 70s, may actually be MacArthur's crimes. They've also searched almost 100 properties associated with MacArthur across Toronto. And because he didn't select victims from just one demographic type, it makes linking missing persons cases difficult, especially because, I mean, if you think about it, if a lot of them weren't out, like, it's hard to say who was considered, like, a missing member of the gay community if they, like, weren't publicly right, out. Right, 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 And so it just seems like, especially if people are immigrating from different countries, it's just very hard to track who his victims might have been. Got it. And, I mean, even that one guy who was homeless and had never been registered as missing like yeah that dean guy they just happened to find him so former homicide detective mark mendelson said the investigation would become quote the largest toronto has undertaken wow criminologist and western university professor michael arntfield said that the alleged method of disposal suggested a sophisticated killer who had developed his craft and as most serial killers begin in their 20s the crimes could go back several decades and represent the longest run of a serial killer on record. Wow. So, odds are, eight isn't the actual victim count. Toronto crime journalist James Dubrow said the allegations suggest MacArthur was the deadliest known serial killer in Toronto and the most prolific gay serial killer in Canada's history. And that is the story of Bruce MacArthur. I guess there's one bad apple in Canada. Only one, yeah, I'm sure. But after that, y'all are peaches. Also, Elise sent a horoscope. Oh. I know. Wow, Elise. I know. She's on it. She's going to take my job. You want it? <laughs> um, so this is from the Globe and Mail, which he says is a very Canadian publication, from the day of his allocution, which is like his statement uh, prior to being sentenced. So he's a Libra. It's also Libra season. I know. Wow. This is really on brand all <laughs> It of a really is. And I found it from like February. I don't know what happened. Okay. It's God in this building. I can feel God here, God, for sure. God left a long time ago. Yeah, the devil is only with us. On our teats. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Okay, so this is the uh, horoscope. Self-belief is the one thing you have never been short of, Libra. Mm-mm. And that's good, because with so much cosmic activity taking place in your opposite sign, you are sure to be challenged in some way today. Don't try to avoid the challenge. Go ahead and meet it head on. Ooh. Yep, and so that was actually the, from the day of his sentencing or of his uh, statement before his sentencing. Wow! So that's kind of wild that she was able to find that. So thank you to Elise and Rabbit Holes Podcast. Um, the sources were Wikipedia, Vanity Fair, and the Globe and Mail. And that's that. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so dark. I need to eat a eat more i was gonna say don't even fucking mention trying to eat some of my all dressed ruffles you know how hard it was to spend all week with that thing in my bag and not touch it i'm surprised you didn't take like a shot of the maple syrup i might have i bet you did it looks like there's some lipstick on there (laughs) uh thank you guys uh for listening uh do we have any updates i don't think we do we're good like we're jay chillin jay chillin at least on the forefront Yes. On the back on the back end we're we're doing big things. We're doing shots of vodka. <laughs> we're doing shots of maple syrup. I'm not sharing my food per no, usual. No, nothing has changed. <laughs> and I guess that's that's it for me. That's if you wanna it. check out our stuff, we've got oh 
our camera says battery abandoned. So Kay. I'll just put in a little note at the end there. So <laughs> if you're listening. Our camera literally just said battery abandoned. As then, in like, not, nice fucking try. I told you God left the building. Now the camera's left yep. the building. Soon Satan himself is going to walk out of here. Um, <laughs> okay, real quick. If you are listening and you want to go check us out on the interwebs, the cybersphere, if you will. Um, you can find our social medias. Our personal ones are the M Schultz and X Teen Schaefer. You can also find our call Instagram for me, please. Whoever has the the connection, please get us both verified on Twitter. And oh, please, ver- get- yeah, Twitter will be good too. And someone get Christine verified on Instagram because even I'm losing my mind now. Poor uh, M has to live with me. I just get texts all the time saying, "Why am I not verified?" Actually, and it's like, my text, I'm better. My texts literally just say, "I quit" over and over, and somehow <laughs> I'm still fucking here. So. Uh, you can also threats. follow our podcast at ATWWD Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go um, donate at our Patreon where we're putting out some new goodies. Um, you can watch us put up this stupid ring light, which M took some lovely videos of today. Yep. You can also watch our YouTube oh, since yeah. we're talking only to the people who are listening through the, their ears right now. You get the secret stuff. Yes. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash C slash and that's why we drink. And you can do all that stuff. We also have our website and that's why we drink.com and we have our email and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can submit your personal true crime and paranormal stories ideally in the subject line you will write down that it's a listener story so it's easier for eva to find um and we post our listeners episode on the first of every month and uh maybe we'll read your story yes this will be the day after halloween so send something spooky uh and that's it uh happy libra season I'm not looking forward to Scorpio season, but I'm hanging in there with the Libras right now. Oh, boy. I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to Scorpio season. Well, it will be Gio's birthday soon enough, so I guess we can all celebrate with some artisanal, organically sourced peanut butter. (laughs) And that's why we drink. Bye. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.